One thing we'll say about John Tory's power grab, he's managed to do something that is not often done at city council. He has unified council, uh, but now they're united against him. And so we've gone from a mayor known as a bridge builder to maybe a bridge burner. And mostly I think it's because of how this all went down. So last Thursday, of course, uh, John Tory uh, was met with a kind of mini council rebellion. He narrowly beat this thing by one vote, but it does signal the fight that he has coming to him, and I don't think it's going away. So let's bring in Ben Spur, who, of course, uh, covers all things City Hall for the Toronto Star. Uh, great to have you, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me, as always. Well, a lot of this stuff has been overshadowed because we have just come through just a crazy news cycle with the inquiry and all this other stuff going. But, you know, let's talk just before we move into kind of the moving parts that are coming at us this week, because there's a lot coming at us. But where do you see this fight going? I mean, obviously, Josh Matlow, who has uh, aspirations of being, a, you know, aspirations of being a mayor, you know, he seems to be the kind of front leader of this movement. But where do you see it going? It, it, you know, how did things unfold as you laid out in the paper uh, where they got this mini revolt and it came pretty close for Tory losing it. Yeah, it was a really kind of interesting moment that I think uh, I, I kind of watched it unfold at council and I didn't totally understand the significance of it. It was just kind of one vote among among many happening at, at uh, the council meeting on Thursday. Um, but basically, uh, when I talked to sources and, and delved a bit deeper, um, there was a, a, a kind of concerted effort here to... Um, to, to get this strong mayor power, the, this idea that the mayor can, uh, is going to be able to pass uh, some bylaws at council with just one third of support. Um, there, there was a concerted effort to, to get, force a debate about that Thursday that, that fell just short. Um, the, that power you know, has never been publicly debated uh, at council or, or really in any other forum. Um, and, um, and it wasn't on the agenda for, for council's first meeting last week. And uh, so this group of councillors who were opposed to the idea uh, tried this kind of uh, intelligent, I think, uh, this clever little maneuver to try to force it uh, onto the agenda and, and just uh, just fell short. Yeah. And so is this what Tory's up against where it's just, is this what he, I mean, he's always, as you know, uh, been able to kind of negotiate, bring people on side. I mean, he was able to build bridges. He never actually took anything to vote unless he knew that he had support, which is why he has been rather successful. How do you see that changing now, uh, given the circumstances? Well, you know, I think it was interesting because the the votes at, that uh, was trying to enforce this on the agenda, as I say, just fell short of having a majority support. Um, and so, you know, that that tells you that maybe about half of uh, people on council are pretty opposed to this idea and, and uh, are maybe upset with the mayor about it. Um, but why I think it was a really interesting vote is that, you know, this is a new council with a lot of new faces. And um, I think we're trying to see, you know, where the alliances are going to be and, and how people are going to line up um, uh, over the next four years and who might, you know, mount a uh, serious challenge against uh, Tory, as you say. And um, in this instance, uh, kind of a, a councillor that um, drew a lot of attention for her vote that, that essentially helped block discussion of the straw mayor powers was uh, Diane Sachs, who's, mm. who's a new um, councillor, a former deputy leader of the Green Party, who was uh, elected to University of Rosedale in, the, in last month's election. Um, and um, she essentially sided with, with Tory, or at least voted in a way that, um, that aligned with Tory on this. And I think um, that's raising some uh, getting some attention because I, I think uh, it's going to be councillors like her who are maybe not uh, aligned with uh, the likes of, of Gord Perks or, or Josh Matlow kind of uh, 
the veteran progressives on council who might swing things uh, or has the ability to swing things in Tory's favor as mm. he kind of fights these battles. Isn't that interesting? Because she's new. So, uh, you know, up against uh, probably a lot of pressure from the other side of things. So that's interesting that she was willing to kind of stick her head out or her neck out on this. And we'll see whether that happens again. Meanwhile, this is one of those weeks where everything is going to kind of, I guess, come at us on Thursday, because that's what the day that this new housing bill is supposed to get pushed through at Queen's Park. You know full well that all the municipalities, all the mayors, whether it's Mississauga, Brampton, Hamilton, um, you know, Guelph, they're they're pushing to have this bill killed because, again, they don't feel they've been consulted with. And and the big issue is that they're going to have, you know, in the case of, of Toronto, $230 million of developer fees that the taxpayers are going to you know, to have to pick up. And so where does this fight? Do you see the premier at all backing down from any of this or is this going through as is? I mean, it's it's tough to say. And, you know, I, I, I don't directly cover Queen's Park and so I, I don't have a, a line in the premier's office or anything. But, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that Ontario municipalities are really sounding the alarm here. I mean, saying that the effect of this bill could be catastrophic, basically. They're saying that it would cost them to lose $5 billion in, in uh, revenue from sources like development fees. And um, without a, another source to make up that money, then that means, you know, big uh, uh, hikes, uh, tax hikes for, for taxpayers, uh, massive reduction in services. Um, and uh, and I think uh, to make matters worse, the, the city of Toronto the staff has pointed out that they don't think there's much in this bill that actually is going to make housing more affordable. Um, the, not having developers pay some development fees is going to make it cheaper for them to build things. So potentially could, there could be more housing built, but but city staff are saying there's no guarantee that that will actually pass uh, the savings on that developers will pass those savings on to to people buying their homes. So homes will actually be cheaper. There's yeah. nothing that guarantees that in the bill. And also not having these development fees, uh, revenue to the cities will make it harder for them to actually build, you know, infrastructure like sewers and transit and roads to actually serve these new housing developments. And so it could actually slow things down. So so the municipalities are saying that this is kind of a, a lose-lose. It doesn't do what the province wants it to do, and it's going to deliver a huge financial hit to cities and, and whether, you know, the Ontario PC government listen to those arguments or, or they, whether they say, you know, we've decided on this strategy to increase the supply of housing and we believe it's going to work. I think that's the, a big question for sure. Yeah, look, solutions in, in search of problems. The bottom line is, you know, there's a legacy building exercise going on here. And if you can be seen as the person who builds all the housing, great. But the problem is uh, how it is done and, and the way it gets done, I think, really matters. And the other thing is, you look at a place like Toronto, Ben, and, and we don't have a lot of dent- we don't have any place to really build. So the issue is where and how do you get these triplexes, these duplexes? How is that going to look? And like rooming houses, you know, a very big issue. Um, they've been somewhat of a disaster because they haven't been managed very well by the city. I know we're waiting for a report on that, but you know, if you don't have a local councillor who can argue uh, for you, let's say if all of a sudden you've got three or four rooming houses on your street and you don't have a landlord there who really manages them, this is where the problem will come in is, okay, we've got people into houses, but now you don't have a city councillor who can fight your battles should something, should a problem arise. Yeah, and I think, you know, the idea of rooming houses, uh, just getting back to the strong mayor powers, I mean, the, the mayor has said that, that that's what he wants uh, or could potentially use these new powers to do, to, to force through um, uh, plans like, you know, allowing duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes in uh, residential neighborhoods that currently don't allow them, pushing through rooming houses, uh, and greater density around things like transit stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think, you know, that he will... Uh, 
probably kind of wear that if he does push that through over the objections of some of his counselors, uh, some of the counselors aligned with him. Um, and uh, But yeah, I think you, you will see a fight uh, about that. It's kind of interesting that um, the people leading the charge uh, last week to, to kind of force a debate on the strong air powers were more of council's progressive faction. But those progressive counselors are a bit more accepting of, of density in, in their um, neighborhoods. And it's actually going to be the kind of conservative, more conservative counselors, centrist counselors who generally side with Tory um, uh, in kind of some of the more suburban areas. Um, who actually are going to really oppose efforts, it looks like, to, to push through density. So it's, it's kind of, it's a very weird dynamic that's taking place on council right now. Yeah, all of a sudden, like a guy like Stephen Holliday, you know, not necessarily on board. And, and so it's interesting to see um, those who, once upon, I think, a time John Tory could rely on, and now they're saying, hey, I, I got to fight for my own, um, my own constituency. So look, it's going to be a very busy week, no question about it. And uh, we'll see how well, I don't think you have a life this week, but nonetheless, we'll, we'll chat with you again. And you can fill in the blanks next time. Thanks. For sure. Thank you. That is Ben Spur, whose beat's getting very, very busy. It's like it's a combination of City Hall and Queen's Park all mushed up into one. Different issues, different laws, but they all impact each other. There's no question. There's a lot of information coming out.